Hey, we're talking about God's covenant today. We're, we're finishing up looking at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Well, 1 through 3, a little bit of 1 through 4. And uh, it's good stuff, man. I've been enjoying us talking about faith and now talking about the covenant that's opened up to us. Uh, the word covenant, just to remind you, actually comes from the Hebrew word berith, which means to cut at the place of bleeding or, or in the sense of cutting. The reason why is because the thought of what a covenant was, it goes way beyond just an agreement or, or just a promise. It was, I mean, it was serious business. If you made a covenant, if I made a covenant with Howard, my household with his household, we said, we're going to have each other's back from here on out. Our children's going to look after each other, our grandchildren. And, and from generations on out, we're going to make this covenant. What, what we would do is we'd take an animal, sacrifice it to God. If we were back in the Old Testament, uh, uh, Peter would get us today. We ain't going to be doing that business. Christ was the only sacrifice we needed. But, but back in the Old Testament, we would take an animal, sacrifice it to God, cut it in half, walk through the two halves, lay them on the ground, walk through the two halves. We would state the terms of the covenant. And because of the word berith, it would mean uh, in essence, as in uh, may we be split in two if, if we are, either one of us breaks the terms of this covenant. So it was serious business. And God said, that's what I'm doing for you, Abram. He wasn't even called Abraham yet. He was called Abram. Uh, part of the covenant was, I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to give you a, a name that's exalted. And, and, so, uh, and so he did later on. But, but this, what we've been looking at is the foundation of this covenant, this promise that God was so serious. He said, I'm making a covenant with you, Abraham. And so this is, this is the beginning of the covenant. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from, the, from your relatives and from your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you, and curse him who curses or uses insolent language toward you. And you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. So Abram departed as the Lord had directed him. I want to bring your attention to Genesis chapter 2, verse 3 on this. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you, and curse him who curses or uses insolent language toward you. And you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. Amen. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to receive your word today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you uh, just direct your word individually uh, to every individual unique need that's represented here today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, to all of our children, uh, I do apologize. We're going to keep you with the main group today. Uh, the sprinklers have kind of uh, put a a damper, <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, put a damper on uh, some of the things that were going on over there. So if you'll just bear with me, I promise, uh, I'm, I'm going to make a promise to your mama and daddy. I'm going to keep you all out here long because it is going to get hot. If you're hot, say amen. amen. Ooh, look at that. That preaches better than I'm preaching. <laughs> the heat does. 
So Abraham tells him, you remember two weeks ago, he says, look, I want you to leave all the sense of security that you think you have built up amongst yeah, everything that you think you have, especially in that Persian culture. It was, it was a country, man. That, that, was, that was your familiar territory. That's where you had safety. That's where you had security. Uh, he said, I want you to leave your country. Then he said, I want you to leave your family. My family, that's where I get all my families. We take care of each other. We look after each other. We do commerce with each other. You know, that's, that's our protection, man. You know, if somebody messes with me, they got my whole family they got to deal with. He goes, no, I want you to leave your family. Then I want you to leave your father's house. My father's house, that's my inheritance. That's my name. That's my identity. You know, in the Persian culture, even in the Asian culture, they'll use their, their, first, their last name comes first and then their individual name. Uh, so I, over there, I would be Butler David. Why? Because that's the name my father gave me. That's the clan I'm a part of. That's, that's the family, the household I'm, I'm, I belong to. And he said, you, you, you're making me lose my identity. You're making me lose everything. And, and the Lord, what he was trying to tell him is, no, 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 no. Let go of all sense of false security. Everything that you can put security in on this planet, this planet is transient. This whole world is made to be compost and to recycle. Everything deteriorates. Even, even if you're putting your trust in finances. Well, guess what? Finances can deteriorate, you know? Uh, Banks aren't necessarily always stable. Global economies gets a little crazy. Uh, say, well, I, I put my I, I put my security in my family. Families can tragedy can take place. All kind of craziness can take place. The only thing that we can put our confidence in that is rock solid is is God and God alone and the word and promises of God. His word remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's what he's telling Abraham: leave all this sense of security. And then last week we learned that he said. Everything you think you're having to give up, I've got a replacement for that's even better. Leave your country. Why? Because I'm going to make you a great nation. Forget about this nation. I'm going to make you a great nation. Leave, leave your family. What? That's where I get all my favor from. No, I'm going to bless you with favor and prosperity. I'm going to do it. What about my father? That's where I get my name from. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a name that's great and distinguished. So, so last week we learned that, hey, if you can let go of all this false security and just trust in God, have faith, just be, not just believe in God, but believe God, anything you got to give up, he's got something absolutely more incredible for it, for you to replace it with. So today he goes into, look, you're going to give up all this false security. I'm going to give you everything you need. And not only that, I will take care of your relationships Think about it. Abraham's like, man, I'm going to be a stranger in a strange land. And sometimes that can be isolating. Sometimes that can be intimidating. Uh, we have uh, several, several of y'all that attend here are not U.S. citizens. Was it very scary when you first moved in, moved over here, and you didn't know anyone? <laughs> Becca's saying it is still scary, man. And I know all of y'all. It makes it even scarier. Um, but, but think about it. I, I remember... At, at when, when, when we went over and adopted Lily from Taiwan, my youngest, and, and, and even in the two weeks I was hanging out there uh, when we adopted her, there was a time that I felt the furthest away from home I had ever felt. Uh, there was a language barrier, obviously. I, I don't speak Mandarin, and a lot of those folks don't speak English. And, and the culture felt, I might as well have been on Mars because, you know, especially in the Pacific, man, they've been over there for a few thousand years and just kind of doing their own thing. And we've been building up our culture over here. And so even culture wise, there, there was just 
there was a disconnect. You know, Ryan, I don't know if you felt that when you, you were in China just what about a year ago, a little over a year ago, you know, and, and wonderful people, just as sweet as can be. But man, it was, you know, we, we, I, like I said, I might as well have been on Mars, man. This is just the most foreign place. Abraham was going to go be a stranger in a strange land and being a nomad, wandering around, having faith in God. Lord, who's going to take care of me? Who am I going to connect with? You know, some of these places are hostile. They don't like strangers. They don't trust strangers. What am I going to face? And this is what God said. Look, you ain't going to have to worry about a thing. I'm going to bless those who bless you. And if people do you wrong, if they curse you, I'm going to curse. I'll take care of it. Matter of fact, you don't, you're not going to have to be in debt. If someone's good to you, you're not indebted to them. Why? You're going to receive the blessing, but I'm, I'm going to bless them for you. And then if somebody does you wrong, you ain't even going to have to lift a finger. You know what? I'll take care of it. Don't you worry about it. I will bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. Wow. You're going to take care of me? Why? Yeah, God, God already knew. He had instituted when he created this universe. There's a law. If you want to call it the law of the harvest, the law of sowing and reaping, the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he, that and that alone shall he also reap. So if you want to, if you, if you sow cucumbers, you're not going to get watermelon, are you? If you plant an apple orchard, you're not going to get oranges. You're going to get exactly what you plant. So if you sow love, if you sow goodness, if you sow blessings, what are you going to get in your life? Love, goodness, and blessings. If you sow bitterness, anger, heartache, drama, what are you going to get in your life? You, you ever notice some of the meanest people and some of the biggest drama causers? So they're the ones that experience it the most, isn't it? Why? Because that's what they're planting. That's what they're reaping. That's why God was confident. He said, hey, look, look, whatever it is, however people treat you, I've already got a system in place. So you ain't even going to have to worry about that. Uh, isn't it wonderful to know that when you bless people, you got a blessing coming back to you? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25 says this, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Sometimes we have a hard time, man. We get stuff and we just want to hang on to it because we're fearful that we'll have to go through a time of lack, a time of limitation. But the Lord said, no, if you're generous, if you bless people, you, you're going to prosper, Right? He says, whoever refreshes others, themselves are going to be refreshed. There's been times that I've been exhausted. Let me tell you, so this has been an interesting week. I got back from the, my minister's conference last week, uh, uh, the previous week, and hit the ground running. I probably, as far as pastoral interactions and phone calls and appointments and stuff, I've probably been busier this week than I've been in three weeks of pastoring. And, uh, and I, was, I was actually tired this week. But you know what was, what, what was interesting about it? The Lord allowed me to refresh some folks, and in doing so, man, I was so refreshed. I was so encouraged, man, and, and, and the cherry on top. Yesterday morning, Isaac and I got to sit down. Isaac came over, and we had a, we had a fun meeting, and, and uh, we, it was early in the morning, you know? Hey, I was tired. I don't know about you, Isaac. You know, Isaac came over rubbing his eyes a little bit. We were tired, but man, by the time, by the time we were done, I was fired up, man. I, was, I felt like preaching all day long. Uh, it was, it, when you refresh folks, you too get to be refreshed. That's a wonderful thing. Now, here's, here's the neat thing about it. It's not just you having to do all this. When people start realizing, man, if I bless this guy, if you're walking in faith, if you're believing God, and you're walking according to the covenant he made with you, then when people bless you, 
they're going to be blessed. Now, what's cool about that, when people start realizing, man, every time I'm good to Isaac over here, if I do something good to him, I keep getting blessed. Well, what are they going to want to do? They're, want to, they're going to want to keep blessing Isaac. Why? Because they keep getting blessed. So all of a sudden, Isaac's going to get to walk in a lot of favor. Hey, I got to experience it this past year, man, almost a year ago. Many of you guys blessed my socks off, got me set up in my townhouse. And, you know, every morning I wake up and I praise God for, for so many of you all. And, and so my prayer all year long has been, Lord, they blessed me. Can you just bless their socks off? Can you bless them beyond their wildest dreams? And I pray that you have been, even in the midst of all this crazy uh, COVID-19 season. I pray that God's been blessing you and keeping you safe because you were good to me. So that was the good thing. Abraham, don't worry about it. When people are good to you, I'm going to bless them. That's going to make them want to keep being good to you. So you'll get favor anywhere you go. Well, what if people are bad to me? What if they curse me? What if they talk smack about me? God said, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 12, verse 19 says this, Beloved, look at your neighbor and call him beloved. Isn't that nice to know that you're beloved, that you are beloved today? Paul says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Believe the way open for God's wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, what God is saying is, look, I know people have done you wrong. You have the ability, if you need to, you can be hurt over it. You're human. You can cry over it. I'll even let you be angry for a bit over it. Get it out. Talk to me about it. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Anger, anger is not a bad emotion. It's just what you do with the anger. So, so you can experience it. You can feel it. You can get frustrated about it. But he said, but don't act on it. Don't you seek revenge. Don't try to avenge yourself. Why? He said, because vengeance, revenge belongs to me. I'm the one that repays somebody. If they're bad to you, you don't repay it. If they're bad to you, I will take care of it. Why? Because you can't handle it. <laughs> you can't handle it. Let's be honest. Has there ever been a time in your life that somebody did you wrong and you decided to try to get them back in some way? It didn't feel too good. Usually it backfires in your face. Or even if you do get your revenge, you walk away and it tastes sour. And then you got to deal with the consequences. God said, don't do it. You remember at the top of the year, I preached about the weeds growing with the wheat, the tares and the wheat. And they said, Master, you got, you got weeds growing in with your wheat. Let, let's rip them out. And he goes, no, don't touch it. You're going to ruin the harvest. Let them grow together. And then at harvest time, we'll take care of it. Don't you worry about it. Keep your hands off of it. That's what happens. Sometimes somebody does you wrong. You want to like go get revenge. Well, careful. You're going to mess with your harvest. You're going to mess with your blessing. God said, no, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those who curse you. You let me deal with it. You let me deal with it. Man, that was one thing I've learned over this last year, walking in faith. Just let it go. God, you're going to take care of it, right? Yep. All right. Good. Then I'm good. You just keep doing what you know to do. You keep walking in faith. You keep loving on God. You keep loving on people. Let the haters say what they're going to say. If they want to mouth off, if they want to try to do something, if they're trying to launch an attack against your business, if they're trying to launch an attack against your family, 
if they're trying to smear your reputation, whatever, truth prevails and truth doesn't need defending. If you know what the truth is in your life and if the truth is you're walking in faith, don't you worry about a thing because those who are trying to curse you, God's going to take care of them. Well, what's he going to do to them? I don't know. That's his business. That's his business. We had somebody, uh, somebody who did something absolutely horrid uh, in my family who was no longer a part of my family uh, many years ago. Uh, just just did some horrible things, and I had to. The Lord had to walk me through learning how to forgive. And when truth came out, and and we and we realized the horrible things, and there were some lawsuits that others had brought a, against this individual, and he and he went to stand trial. You know, there were those in my family that was like, "Man, I hope he gets the maximum. I hope he gets that. I hope he gets that." The Lord told me, "Don't you say a word." You just pray because vengeance belongs to me. I'll take care of it. And so even when I prayed about it, I just said, Lord, you've given us a, a, a decent justice system. It ain't perfect, but it's, I, I'd rather face it than any other justice system on the planet. And you're a just and merciful and righteous God. You're, you're going to judge according to the way you're going to judge. And he did. He issued judgment. But I washed my hands of it. I didn't want any part of it. Lord, that's your business. So, so even if even if somebody's been doing you wrong, if you're having conflict with someone today, just let the Lord take care of it. You keep doing what you what you know to do. You keep walking in faith. You keep knowing that God's gonna, Lord, I just trust you. And you're gonna send those my way. Who's gonna bless me? Because they're gonna get a blessing. Amen. And then finally, he said, by you, others will bless themselves. That's an interesting phrase. That because of you, other people are actually going to bless themselves. What in the world does that mean? It, it would have made, it makes a little more sense if he says, well, but you're going to bless a lot of people. Well, that's one reason why God blesses you is so that you can be a blessing. But what does it mean because, because of you, others are going to bless themselves? Well, we can see an example in Romans chapter four, starting with verse 18. Bear with me. We got a little bit of reading to do. But we're, we're going to wrap it up in a big bow as to what this means, right? So Romans chapter 4, verse 18, talking about Abraham and his faith. We've read this quite a bit over the last few months. For Abraham, now if you remember, God made him a crazy promise. He said, Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a son. And Abraham was like, huh, I'm 99 years old. My wife is 90 years old. She ain't never had kids. We ain't never been able to have kids. Things... I ain't gonna, I'm not going to camp out on there. I got in trouble several months back for preaching about this. But, but you know, y'all know what's going on. 99 years old, 90 years old, right? Ain't no kids being born. But God said, no, they're going to be bored. So it says, for Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. He didn't even have a reason to hope. But he hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So, so numberless shall your descendants be. He did, not even, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. Let's stop there for a second. All that to say this, when Abraham, 
was faced with his circumstances versus the promises of God, he didn't waver. He just said, huh, if I got to take a choice, I'm going to choose the promises of God. That's what I'm going to put my trust in. And because of that, this is what happens. It says, verse 22, that that is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness or right standing before God. God said, huh, even though you're a human and your, your righteousness on your own is like filthy rags, the Bible says. He said, but because you chose to believe me, therefore, you're righteous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to credit that to you as righteous. Now, verse 23, but the words it was credited to him as righteous were written not for his sake alone. God just didn't put that in the word just to brag about Abraham. But they were written for our sakes too. Righteousness, standing acceptable to God, will be granted and credited to us also who believe, trust in, adhere to, and rely on God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now, all that reading, what does it mean? It means this. It means we are blessed today because Abram taught us how to have faith. Even when life didn't match up to the word of God, he chose not to look at what his own sight or his own hearers witnessed. He chose to believe with his heart what God said, period. God said it, that settles it. And because of that, he set the example of how to have faith so that we too can do the same thing and say, look, my life ain't matching up to the word of God right now, but I choose to believe the word of God above everything else. It seems like everything's just falling apart all around me, but I choose to believe God above everything else. And that, that brothers and sisters, allows us to be righteous because we put our faith in Christ Jesus above everything else. I'll give you an example of how that, how, how you living righteous, you walking in this covenant, you trusting God can help others bless themselves. Uh, back in uh, about 1996 or so, uh, some of you all have heard me tell this story. I, I had a niece who was diagnosed with brain cancer. She was about eight years old. Uh, uh, she had a big tumor uh, they went in to do surgery to try to remove it. It was wrapped all around her brain stem. Uh, they weren't able to get it out. Matter of fact, they believed that they probably even damaged her while they were in there trying to clear this, this tumor out. Uh, there was about 40 of us in the waiting room, uh, family and close friends and, and men and women of God. And we had been praying. We had been laughing. We had been having a great time of fellowship, just putting our trust in God. All of a sudden, the doctor came out and said, I need to talk to Thomas and Elaine Butler. That was my brother and his wife. He said, look, he says, um, there's, there's, uh, we couldn't get it all. It's wrapped around the brain stem. Matter of fact, we were so aggressive, we probably, uh, we probably really messed her up. Uh, so we were sewing her back up. We're going to just kind of keep her pain-free as much as possible. Um, we give her probably about three to four months to live. And oh, by the way, she's probably going to be incoherent, uh, you know, probably like a vegetable uh, for the next three or four months. So just you need to prepare yourselves to let her go. And, and we're going to make her as comfortable as possible until she passes. You can imagine the devastation we faced. You can imagine we just, that was, here's a medical professional, someone who was incredibly gifted and talented and knowledgeable in this line of medicine. And he's, he did the best he could. And he gave us the most gravest news. And that was what this 
world offered to us at the time. That was our reality. And we were just in shock, and people began to weep. And everyone was just silent. We were, we were just stunned. My brother just, he couldn't even open his mouth. He just, he didn't know what to say. And all of a sudden, my mama, Joyce Butler, who was a 30-plus years Sunday school teacher, woman of God, Henri is all get out. She stood up. She said, Doctor, I thank you for everything you've done for my granddaughter, and there's no doubt that you've, 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 made, you've made the best choices you knew how to make. She goes, but I do not accept this report. No offense to you, but three days ago, I was praying for my granddaughter, and my God promised me he was going to heal her and that she would not die, that she would live. Of course, the doctor just bowed out respectfully and left. And she looked at us. She said, if you, if you actually believe in God and believe his word, let's get down on our knees and we, let's, let's get in prayer and line up with his word. One of the most powerful prayer meetings I've ever been a part of. It was, it was for about 10, 15 minutes. We cried out to God. You could feel the Holy Spirit move in that place. I mean, the presence was thick. Matter of fact, the waiting room was, had glass walls. When we, when we finished, there was about 15, 20 people lined up around just weeping, watching us pray with their hands up against the window. They, they, some of them didn't even know what we were praying about. They just felt something. And about 15 minutes into prayer, all of a sudden the nurse comes running in. My niece wasn't even supposed to gain consciousness, wasn't supposed to be able to talk. A nurse came running in and said, where's Thomas and Lane Butler? They said, we're right here. They said, your daughter's awake. She's sitting up and she's, yeah, she's crying for you. She wants to see you. My niece turned 30 years old this year, still alive and well. God healed her. Because, because my mom, my mom had faith like Abram when life did not line up with the word of God. She knew what God promised her. She didn't care what the doctor said. She appreciated his work, but she said, no, I choose to believe what God says. And because of that, that made such a huge impact. I was probably in my mid-20s at the time. It made such a huge impact on me that even when I've gone through some of my darkest days and my, and, and my most difficult situations, I'm, I've been able to think back to my mom standing up saying, I refuse to believe this because I know what God said. And because of it, I've been able to bless myself by saying, you know what, God? I'm just going to choose to believe what you said over what I see with my natural eye. When you live the way that God wants you to live according to faith, not only is it a blessing to you, but your life now becomes a living sermon to those around you, and they can bless themselves. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful deal that he has with the covenant? Let's all stand. Woo, if you're sweating, say glory. glory. <laughs> Man, look at that. Some of y'all dropped about three pounds of fluid already today. That's a good thing. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your covenant. Thank you for church today, even though we've had some challenges, uh, but none of it caught you off guard. So, Lord, I pray and speak that your word's not going to return void. Let your word transform, change. Father, open up the door for us to fellowship uh, safely. Uh, Lord, I speak against this COVID-19 in the name of Jesus. Let there be, let there be a cure. Let there be a solution. Father, we cut through all the political argument and jargon, and we just say yes to your provision, yes to your, yes to your word, and even in the midst of craziness, your people will prosper and your people will do well. Thank you for all of our kids. Keep us safe 
as we go into the school year. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen.